Everybody strap yourselves in. This is the long one. <laughs> so, how are you? I am doing okay. I'm doing okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, happy Sunday. Happy um, Sunday. Let's, let's get the business over with. That way we can just mess around afterwards. Hell yeah. Um, um, why don't you introduce yourself and um, uh, just start off with introduce yourself um, like um, and uh, what you do. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Dr. Rachel Grady. I am an occupational therapist and I have my doctorate in occupational therapy. I am Director of Disability Services at Fitchburg State University in uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Um, and I run the Disability Services Office there. Previous, uh, I have been there for just over two months now. Um, and uh, previous to that, I worked at the University of Illinois for seven years uh, where I held several positions, but was most recently um, coordinator of student services there. That's and it's good, right? Like works, works good, yeah. right? Work is, work is good. Work is the, the main thing that's good. Um, outside of work times are just me on my own because I have like, I have a handful of acquaintances here, but working on it. So, yeah. So how do you explain what you do? How do you, yeah, how do you explain what you do? Yeah. Um, so you want like the nitty gritty, like, yeah. No, I want like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. That's, yeah, we'll have to, okay. So uh, my office and all disability services offices at college campuses, community college campuses, whatever, um, our job and why we exist is to make sure that there is equal access compliance for students with disabilities um, per the Americans with Disabilities Act, also known as the ADA. Um, and so a uh, little bit of a history lesson. In 1990, the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed. And so that's essentially what gave um, persons with disabilities their rights for the first time and made uh, it a federal standard that buildings had to be accessible and course content had to be accessible. Um, before then, you could ask someone to leave your establishment if they had a if they disclosed a disability or um, a lot of my students, things that I think about uh, my students with more physical disabilities, uh, if there's not an automatic button to get into the door of a restaurant or business they wanna go into, I always tell them to put their, uh, the phone number in their phone and they can call and say, hey, let me in, I wanna purchase from your establishment, whatever. Um, and that business owner can't say, no, I don't want that or those sorts of things. Um, without facing federal consequences and fines and things like that. Um, so my job is to make sure that um, students with disabilities receive their accommodations by uh, meeting with me. And, and part of my background as an occupational therapist is determining what accommodations and things people need to be functionally successful are. Um, so I do that piece and then I also um, educate faculty and, and other people on campus um, so that they're not denying rights of, of students with disabilities. And if they have questions and things like that, I help kind of facilitate that whole process um, so that learning can happen at the college level. Right. And your, your, personal, your personal history, how far, like, how did, how did you get into the, this, this field? Yeah. Great question. So um, I have like a couple of entry points, uh, which is why this is the perfect mix of all of my different skills. Um, so I'm an occupational therapist, like I mentioned. Um, and so uh, for people who don't know what occupational therapy is, which is most people, don't feel bad. Um, what we do is we basically maximize function and uh, what people need to do. So if you or need and want to do, so if you want to go to college, uh, then I as an OT can help you do that. If you want to, if you've been injured and you need to learn to put your socks 
back on and, and pull up your pants by yourself and all those sorts of things, OTs can help you do that. And so I refer to us kind of as professional problem solvers. Um, so that's kind of that OT piece. Um, now, how did I go into occupational therapy? Um, I myself am a person with a um, mild physical disability. Um, I also have um, anxiety. I have a mild mental health disability as well. And so, um, but the physical piece was important because I received a lot of occupational therapy and physical therapy services um, growing up as a child. And I was also somebody that used uh, reasonable accommodations both in, um, well, in elementary school, high school um, briefly, and then uh, throughout college and graduate school to get my degrees. Um, and I had some really great experiences with disability services offices and some really not great experiences uh, with disability services as well. And so kind of all of that uh, came together in knowing what it feels like to not have your, uh, not receive your rights, not receive equal access, and wanting to make that better for students with disabilities in the future and educate the field. Um, so that's kind of how I came to this point. Um, so I've really structured my kind of professional life to be a director of a disability services unit. Um, so it's really cool that we get to have this conversation now because um, I'm I'm there very briefly into that two, two months and some change, but I'm a director now. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And from all of, from all of your experience, um, what's, what's like an over and under, what's something that uh, in, in your experience um, in, I, I guess you could call it like the, the disabilities scene, what's something that people sort of overestimate or, um, or overhype? And what's one thing that people um, should know, but, uh, but don't? Great questions. Um, I think I'm gonna, like I want to do, I'm gonna flip them. So I'm gonna do the second one first and then I'll do the first one. So things that people should know about um, disability services is that, and this is so cool because I'm literally giving a presentation on, on this on Tuesday. Um, so that's right here. Yeah, you have great timing. Um, so one of the things that people should know is that we service students and, and people with invisible disabilities. Not only do we provide services for people with invisible disabilities, and I'll say what that is in a second, um, but the vast majority of students that I see um, in my current employment at Fitchburg State um, and at University of Illinois, my previous employer, um, there was vastly people with invisible disabilities. Um, and so what do I mean by that? I mean, uh, an invisible disability is one which is not readily apparent to somebody just by looking at them, those sorts of things. So probably, and this is totally fine, when I say the word disability to you or to the general person, um, you probably think of somebody in some sort of a mobility device, a wheelchair, a power wheelchair, something like that. That's, That's totally fine. Yes, yeah, that's the, the symbol that you see um, often. So absolutely, that's where your mind goes. Um, and that's, that's fine. Mobility disabilities are types of disabilities, um, but the much, much more common uh, spectrum of disability. So mobility disability is one part of that um, all the way down the spectrum. And so the vast majority of disabilities are those that are unseen. So that could be um, a mental health disability. That could be um, something like diabetes. That could be a more mild physical disability that doesn't require a mobility device, um, any of those sorts of things. And so um, I think it's really important for students and people to know that disability services offices serve people that have mental health disabilities, learning disabilities, visual, blind, uh, hearing disabilities, physical disabilities, all that entire spectrum. And so more often than not, my students with learning disabilities and mental health diagnoses come in to meet with me and they're like, I didn't even know that anxiety or, or depression or schizophrenia or bipolar was something I could receive accommodations for. And then I get to say fun things like, 96% of the students that I currently see have invisible disabilities. So not only are you on, in good company, but you're the majority in this office is I'm never going to say, hey, you know, this is Rachel's disability or this is what Jesse's disability is to somebody else. Um, but knowing that like you're on this team of people that also have similar experiences is um, cool. It builds community. 
Um, so I think that's important to know that uh, we serve that population as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and then now I have to think back to the first part of that question. Which was um, like uh, an, an overestimate or uh, something yeah. that's over um, overhyped. Overhyped in the office. Okay. Yeah. So I think that it's kind of both sides of the coin. So people will think that we do, they don't know what we do. They don't know what our purpose is, uh, that we do this education, that we help to determine accommodations, all of that. But they also sometimes think that we do everything, right? And so um, my job of my office is to make sure that the educational component of if I have a learning disability, physical disability, whatever, that's a level, I, I call it the level of the learning field that I learned from my mentor, that everybody kind of starts at that same starting line. Um, and so if I have a disability, the, those accommodations, they don't give me an advantage. They bring me up to that same point on the starting line as all of my other peers who may or may not have disabilities. That's the thing, level the learning field. Um, so that's the main thing that we do, which is really cool. But because education is our main components, there are lots of things that I don't do. So a lot, some of my students will qualify for additional scholarships, social security, uh, disability funding through the government. Um, they need, you know, technology evaluations to use, you know, voice to text software, all of those sorts of things. Um, those are not things that like I specifically do. Um, often, and hopefully once I've been here a little bit, I'll have better resources to refer out into the community, um, but I'll have students that will, walk up to my office, roll up to my office, whatever, and be like, hey, like I, you know, broke this component of my wheelchair. I need this, like, can I have another one? Um, and I, as an OT, I'm, I'm really blessed that like, I can fix a lot of things with an Allen wrench, duct tape and Velcro. Um, so like, I'll do the best that I can, but like, I don't have a spare wheelchair just like hanging out behind me. And so like, knowing that like, I can point you in the right direction, but like, I'm really super flattered. You think that I can like do all these things, but like some of them, not so much. This, this whole idea the, fascinates me. It occurs to me that uh, our like um, our relationship and like I've I've wa watched you go through this. Um, I mean, I've I've seen you and uh, grow in your career, and it's I've always I, I realize recognize now that like I recognize um, your job with uh, with disabilities specifically in the context of education and in higher higher learning but is there is there like anything like this in in other fields or yeah so that's a great question so yeah um technically like within most other fields yes there there is an equivalency and so you know your hr department really okay. is where this kind of comes in. Um, it's You're covered under still the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's a separate kind of portion. There's there's a, a thing that people may have heard of, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act. So that's what actually allows me. I don't use any accommodations personally in my workplace. Um, but if I did, if I was you know a mobility device user that needed voice-to-text software, um, I'm entitled to accommodations to do my job. So same sort of thing, leveling that learning field. If what I need is a reasonable accommodation, so say I need, um, rather than handwriting all of my notes, I need uh, copies of, I need somebody to take notes for me. I need copies of the meeting notes sent to me. I need to be able to do uh, my phone calls with a headset mic uh, because I can't pick up the phone because I don't have fine motor skills, those sorts of things. Jobs can't say, oh no, we're not gonna, you know, have that for you. We're not going to buy you like a headset that costs $50, $50 to help you do your job. Um, it's illegal for them to say like, oh no, that's, that's something we can't help you with. You would have to pay for that or, you know, those different sorts of things. And so um, people still have protections in the workplace um, against kind of discrimination. And so an, an employer can't ask you, you know, are you a person with a disability? Um, and well, they can ask you that. Uh, they absolutely can ask you, you know, that if you need reasonable accommodations, but they can't discriminate against you and say like, no, we're not offering this or, you know, because you can't do this component of the job without accommodation, we are not gonna give you the job. Um, they have to provide you with accommodations unless it's called what's 
uh, an essential requirement. So if the job is literally you have to lift 50 pound blocks all day long and I have a disability that prevents me from lifting 50 pound blocks, then that kind of weeds me out. But if there's an accommodation that's like, hey, I can use a crane or something, then yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is there is there anything uh, anything else? Um, uh, where can where can people go if they want to like go more into uh, into this field? Maybe they want to be um, uh, occupational therapists or work in in education, um, or they in fact um, uh, need uh, need services. What what should they do? Yeah. So great, great questions. Um, I think people that get into this field, myself included, um, I, I swear every single colleague I've ever had or person I've talked to is like, hey, I've kind of gotten in the field in like a weird way. But I, I think that's the norm. We're, we're in a centric eccentric field of, of misfits. Um, many of us have disabilities ourselves or know people with disabilities or, you know, because disability is, even though it's one of those diversity categories that anybody can enter at any given time, you can be born with a disability, you can get one later in life, you never know when that's going to happen. Um, it's one that we don't think about. Like, I wouldn't have thought about it if I wasn't a member of this and this isn't what I do. Um, and so there are lots of different, I say all of that to say there are lots of different ways to get into the field. Um, I chose to go at it from an occupational therapy lens. I have a lot of friends and colleagues who entered from like a mental health lens, um, those sorts of things. Uh, they had, you know, family members, all of that. And so there are lots and lots of credentials that can work well for you. Occupational therapy, I think, is um, to me, it's the perfect fit for this field. And it's the perfect blend of um, kind of research and helping people and being creative. Um, I mentioned before, you know, being a professional problem solver. Um, being an occupational therapist teaches you skills um, to break things down. So part of what I do and what I've had the, the privilege of doing with clients in the past is I teach people how to do things every single day that I've never done, that I'm learning how to do with them. Like I, I taught some uh, one of my clients to, to do uh, fly fishing. I have never done fly fishing in my entire life. I don't, I don't know the next thing about that. Um, I, when I was at U of I, I played a crap ton of video games with my guys. And you know from college, Jesse, that I'm kind of a gamer. I'm, I'm in that realm. But there, I, I don't play the video games that my, my students would play typically without their exposure. I certainly don't do double joystick uh, controller video games uh, uh okay yeah. Yeah, yeah like the one yeah with both thumbs it's but it's super good therapeutically and so um I get to do all of those sorts of things and you know I help people do whatever it is that they need to do and so that's why I think for me um that was a, a perfect blend and then we add that on to the educational piece of things um you know I I like teaching as as you know and I like um kind of passing along knowledge and making sure that people have good opportunities. And so um, I really, I think in higher education, there's a lot of space to show that people with disabilities, you know, can can function and do function at the same level as, as peers without, and they're incredible. And you have to just kind of make sure that you're leveling that learning field and making that opportunity. Um, so. So for, the like walk me through uh, the the type of population that you that they interact with most of most of the 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 people that you talk with um, sort of know uh, either they have uh, some disability that they need services or um, uh, they know someone uh, they want to help someone with with uh, with that. Uh, do you, you talked about education, do, do you often like go to um, uh, approach uh, sort of um, like presentations or, or something like that um, to, to, um, to raise this type of awareness or? Yeah, so that's a really good question and, and yes. Um, what's fun is like 
you've caught the, the timing that we're doing this is like in between where I've like, oh, I've done that for seven years. So I got really good at it in Illinois. I knew how to do all the things. And then I've been at Fitchburg for a matter of months now. So I'm just like, I'm building all of that. I'm like, yes, I hope to do that. I hope it works, you know, similarly or, or whatever. Um, so it'll be fun to, to kind of see how that goes. Um, but yes, at, at Illinois, we would always, um, my colleagues and I, or, or whoever, whoever um, on staff would go out and we would go to high school fairs in the Chicago area um, back in Illinois. And so um, these high school fairs were put on by the high schools and they were typically, they'd have students come from all over and every student that came that night had a disability. And they were kind of looking at what their options were um, kind of going on. So there would be, you know, the University of Illinois of the world, which are, you know, kind of top tier, higher tier echelon universities all the way down to, and certainly no disrespect for my colleagues and in other institutions, all the way down to, you know, community college level to um, vocational training. Um, there might even be, you know, military representatives there to say like, hey, this, it's, it's whatever that next step is for you after high school. Um, and so we would attend um, with all of those and we would table. And that was one of my favorite things to do. I would love, you know, parents to come up to me and high school students with disabilities and saying like, hey, like, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, I got to hear really cool stories where it was like, I want to be, you know, an animator. I want to write comic books. I want to, you know, be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. Like, how do I do, do you have that major? Can I do this? What accommodations exist? Um, and it was just really fun to do that. So that was something that was a big part of what I did at Illinois. Um, and I want to kind of build that with similar high schools of which there are many I hear in Massachusetts um, to talk about, you know, Fitchburg and, and what type of students fit well at Fitchburg State. Yeah. So when, when, so like consider, think of me as a, imagine that I am, I'm a student high school or, or college and uh, I'm pretty sure that I have uh, some sort of disability or um, I have a hunch or mm -hmm. maybe I, I do know, but I just don't know what's out there. Mm -hmm. What are, what are, what are some things that, um, that you would normally tell me about like um, uh, just like self-advocacy, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah just, uh, just go yeah. with that. I'm so like, this is super awesome because I may actually end up linking like parts of this to the Fitchburg website. Cause I was like, I want all of my students to see, like, you're asking all the questions that I like want my students to, to like ask. So, oh, this works out so well. Um, so in terms of self-advocacy, which is a really good question, because especially when coming to college, and this totally happened for me as well, um, oftentimes, you know, you might not know that you have a disability before college, or maybe you do, but your parents, you know, take care of that in the uh, IEP, individual education plan meetings or 504 meetings. Um, I didn't even know that I could attend my own 504 meetings until I got to graduate school. Um, wow. I never attended a, a 504 meeting for myself in elementary school through college or like up until college. And then I just suddenly had to do it all myself. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I, I get it, it's super overwhelming. Um, but a couple of kind of good tips to know are you can always start at your disability services office on campus. The nice thing is any university or, or community college or college has a disability services office um, it might be called disability services. It might be called accessibility services. Um, you can ask whoever your representative is. It might be the admissions person and they should at the very least know that a disability services office exists. And so <laughs> they can connect you to that person. Um, and then, uh, so that's how you get started if you need accommodations um, to help you out. It's important to know that just because you had accommodations, if you had accommodations in elementary school or high school, they do not automatically transfer. That's a huge misconception. A lot of students will say, oh, I just thought, you know, it automatically transferred. Sure, um, sure. And I don't blame you there, but I'm here to tell you um, that that's not true. So you'll want to reach out to your disability services office um, and they'll probably have some sort of short application for you to fill out. 
and then um, you can go from there. Um, but the Disability Services Office will also be able to connect you um, if you don't have a diagnosis or if you're not sure or you're like, oh, like I've heard anxiety is kind of like this and that sounds kind of like me, but I'm not sure about it. Um, you can always start with the Disability Services Office. Um, they likely will not have professionals that can diagnose you, but they can probably refer you to the counseling center um, at your university or they might have community connections to somebody to, to diagnose you um, or the health center there as well. So they're just a really good starting point. Wow. So we covered, we covered a lot of stuff. Um, is, there, is there anything more you want to say about advocacy or um, uh, the disabilities um, umbrella or anything that you want to re-highlight um, just to, to be sure that we know it? Yeah, um, I would say when in doubt, ask questions. The, the best thing that you can do um, as a student with a disability, and I promise you, you are not burdening or annoying your disability services office. I love when students ask me questions, uh, when they call in, when they email, when they come in the office. Right now it's COVID, so that's a little difficult and I miss it, but like be active in talking to your case manager or access specialist or the director of disability services, whoever your contact person is. Um, and one of the big things is to, if you're emailing your professors a question about your disability or your letter of accommodations or accommodations agreement, whatever the document is that says Rachel gets extended time and distraction reduced environment, things like that, um, make sure that your access specialist counselor to the director is carbon copied or also sent that email um, because that I like that's another way for me to hear from my students um, just like coming in or phone calls or those sorts of things that way um, if there's problems then I'm right there and I can help you immediately um, it it's you want to be in contact with somebody like myself um, and I promise you you're not annoying us you're probably actually making our day um, because I like live for those emails and the ability to kind of reach out if there's questions or concerns Cool. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's the business fun. Now we get into, um, uh, now we can just, just have fun. Nice. Now, um, so let's, let's go, let's go over just like, uh, talk about like how, how we know each other. Okay. Do you, do you want me to do that or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You're going to have to correct me because there might be some gaps here. So I think we initially met because we're Asian. Oh, that's, yeah. what I, that's what I want to go with. Um, we know each other because we're Asian. And you well, like, Okay, so specifically yeah. uh, because of the, the Pacific Islander, um, oh, Asian Pacific yeah. Islander Club. Yeah, at, yeah, we went to uh, we went to the same uh, university, Puget Sound, and um, and there's a there's an Asian Pacific Islander uh, club. Yep. Uh, student union, and um, uh, I think I met. I, I like I interacted with them um, on like my that first year, and then um, my because uh, I transferred and as a sophomore, and then the junior year I actually um uh lived with um uh a couple of uh, friends from from Apostle. so yeah yeah and i feel like junior year was when like you and i like really clicked like i think i knew you like our sophomore year but we like you didn't my house you didn't like break into my house my housemates didn't like let you in and then leave, which I will get to. So, um, yeah. So we met through Apasu, and then let's just let's just take a pause to acknowledge the fact that that was like twelve, eleven years ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, you. I think you posted this on a, your story or whatever. Yeah. The thing about like, oh, like here's my ID for alcohol, and then you're like, oh, do you? No, I can see the one. What? What? <laughs> like. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, not okay. Yeah. So. And in your birth year, that says that you're 21. Yeah. Over 21. 
like the fact that it's a diff it's not even i mean it is a different century but it's a different millennium like no yes um yeah so i feel like i have vague memories of you back at like our um wee hours like the when we made food for the drunk people um or the not drunk people like because we did like curry and dumplings and like sushi apostle would put on these events um that were like food themed and they were like on Fridays and they were called it was like wee hours so it was like between like 9 p.m and like 3 a.m we would make like food and it would be open and like people could come and like eat before they were super drunk or instead of becoming super drunk or as they were super drunk to like help with that I don't know so college college basically that was that whole thing um but I have a couple memories of you during that process but like mostly I feel like I just have memories of you like how we mostly connected through like the end of college would be like I would either it was one of two ways. I would either like see you walking across camp. No, mostly you would like see me walking across campus, but I don't know. We would see each other walking across campus just like randomly unplanned. And we'd be like, oh, hey. And then like we would start probably talking about food and then like wind up at like where I was living. We would just be like walking there. And then you would just like, we would just hang out for like the rest of the it would be like six hours we'd probably watch something like and just be like bantering about it and then the procrastination was real yeah and then like i it would be one of those one those things like in the beginning where like i wasn't yet used to like you as you so like it would get to the be the time where i'd be like okay like you should leave and then like oh, yeah, no like, i did i did not like, get those signals at all it, and I would be like, okay, like you should leave. Um, and yeah, that is. Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story about the uh, uh, the the five year friendship? Yes. That yeah, it was okay. So a couple years after college, I we were sitting in. It had to be like a Sherry's or something. I think it was Sherry's. Was it a Sherry's? Yeah. Okay. So I had come back. I was in grad school. Um, and, oh, this was my first time, yeah, this was my first time back um, to Seattle after whatever. So, um, was in, yeah, so came back and visited you, and then you told me some story about how you had never been friends with somebody for more than five years. Um, and so you're like, I think, like, that's just the limit, and it just kind of happens. And you, like, attempted to friend break up with me, um, and I was just like, no. Like, that was, like, my one time that I was, like, I know. Like, I, I literally don't care. We're still going to be friends. <laughs> I just want to say uh, that uh, it's it, not to uh, not to negate this, but just to say that I got the idea from uh, a kung fu uh, comic book. A and I want to find it. It was this huge... with your friends? Uh, no, 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 no. It was a thing... Um, oh, now I don't know where it is. Uh, I just, um, I, I realized that I could, um, still, like, request books from, um, the university library that Wait, were... yes, what? Uh, like, I mean, because that was, like, that was, like, a couple years after... I was gonna be, um, like, it's been, like, a decade, Jesse, like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, at the at the time, I, I I was still able I was still able to, and mm -hmm. I looked uh, I I looked it up, and or no and so I found I could just like order, um uh, dang it, um uh, Canadian author because I I just remember that he was Canadian, mm -hmm. and uh, right. If I can't find this in the next couple of clicks, I'll just have to find it later. I, I knew that this would come up, and I'm the one that brought up the... Yeah, you brought this upon yourself. Oh, man. Oh, I have to say. Anyways, the, there was a... Um, I, and actually, uh, it doesn't matter anyways, because I'm about to... Um, 
I'm about to uh, like try and find it again and reread it anyways. Um, anyways, uh, I can't find it. So uh, I don't want to not do this, stop share. Um, and um, there was like, uh, there was like a, a disease or like a curse or something that if you lived five more years after that, you just automatically died no matter what, okay. something like that. This is um, like the ring, but like super protracted instead of like. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, something like that. I have to I, now. Now I have to reread it, which is fine with me. Yeah. Had um, had kung fu. It had um, uh, Buddhist monks uh, with uh, with like Shaolin monks. Shaolin monks. Uh, yeah. And um, zombies, ghosts, and robots. It was, it was, it was great. Robots? That would be cool. Like it was, it was great. Robot. It was great. I have to, uh, I'll find it later. Anyways. Okay. Um, so, so we've known, uh, known each other uh, a long time mm -hmm. and um, the, what transition do I want to use? When you, you went to, you went to Wash U. Yes. And so Wash U was uh, a Catholic school or just in a Catholic town? I think it's in, no. Wash U, I don't think, was ever a Catholic school because um, it was founded by T.S. Eliot's grandfather, which was cool. Um, but I think, and it's like a private, like not religious affiliated school, I think. But um, St. Louis is like the second most Catholic city in America. Okay, yeah, 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 right. Okay. Second to New Orleans, yeah. So, so you've got. You got, uh, like, so the preface to this is that uh, you're not Catholic. Correct. Um, and I'm about to be, um, I, I'm about to enter into a monastery to become a monk. Mm -hmm. And so would you say that your, uh, like, interactions with, uh, with Catholics, uh, like, uh, they primi primarily um, uh, are with me and then like with um with the friends that you made and the contacts that you made um in st louis and in um at uh chicago u of i um or yeah. uh champagne urbana champagne urbana yeah yeah yes um that is true so like you are my most consistent like source of like catholic information um definitely had a couple of uh, have a couple of acquaintances that I don't like regularly speak to, but that I went to mass with. Um, and then my good friend, um, Karen, who was one of my coworkers here, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, was very uh, religious and was Catholic. And so I attended um, mass a couple of times with her. Um, so yes, I, yeah. So um, what's the question that I wanted to ask? What do you think about... The fact that, because you've been, uh, you've known that I uh, that I plan to to do this to to be a monk for for a while. What I feel you... like I've known, like I don't know, and it's okay if it's not. But I was like, I feel like I was like one of the first people to know. Um, I mean, but... I I wouldn't. Uh, it was. I mean, still, it was like probably four or five years ago. What yeah. do you What do you think as um, as someone? who doesn't know any, um, any monks mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and sort of looks at the faith from an outside perspective. Um, what do you think about this whole, this whole idea, particularly that I will, uh, I'll go and be a monk? That's a really good question. And so like, to me, it makes a ton of sense. It, it's funny because as you were like asking the question, I was like, I wonder where this is going. But like the next, like the next opportunity where it makes sense, I need to tell you about how, when I, like my parents have gone through this like weird evolution of like knowing you, but even though they haven't met you. So just like in lore, right? Like I think I had mentioned to you um, that like, so you have the prize distinction and I'm so grateful for it of being the friend who had visited me probably the most period, but like certainly the most while I lived in St. Louis for graduate school. And so you visited me like three or four times. Was uh, it three or four times? Yeah, it was It was at least three. I know it was three. 
because you were like the first time it was like you were going on this crazy road trip yeah to look at grad schools for yourself and then yeah. the second and then it was like military stuff like going to the on your way to oh America. yeah 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 so yeah you're just like along the way if yeah. i'm like uh like if i'm based in uh washington and mm-hmm. i do anything on the east coast or in the in the south you're just along the uh yeah. along the way to get up to uh, back home also can i just mention that like we are freaking amazing because we have had no no, no i the, twice twice oh, we yeah, have yeah, yeah. up in airports been flying at the same time just because yep. like the universe is like hell yeah <laughs> I mean, that's pretty crazy that's insane i can't believe it so anyway either that or we just we just fly a lot yeah well not anymore but yeah right <laughs> yeah um yeah we're so I guess, um... oh, I was, no, I have to tell you the end of that story. That's oh, okay. I, yeah. Because yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, what? Um, no, we were really good at meeting in airports. And then the, through the evolution of you having like visited me and like knowing me, my, my parents, my mother in particular, went through this like really weird thing where like for a while she like didn't know what our friendship was. And every time like you came to visit, I'd be like, Jesse's coming to visit. She'd be like, be safe, make good choices. And I'd be like, what? Um, and then now I think they know. And I'd be like, oh, Jesse's a captain in the army. Like, okay. And then like, I'd be like, yeah, then he like wants to be a monk. And like, they don't know anything about you other than things that I like tell them. And so my mom just thinks that's like the weirdest thing. She's like, how was that? How is he like a captain in the army and like now going to be a monk? And I was like, but to me, it makes like complete sense. Like, because I know you so well, I'm just like, it's, that's just Jesse. Like, obviously he would do those two things, but like, it's, I don't know. So I just wanted to, so I think it makes complete sense to people in my family who don't know you other than in lore, um, they find it odd. But to me, I'm just like, yeah. So I guess the question is what's, What are your like? I don't know. I, I don't know if it, it's like so much concerns or like what's the well. So uh, in so right now, what I will right now. Um, well, how do I want to do this? For the past five months, six months, I have been at St. Martin's Abbey as a as like as a guest, as someone who wants to be a monk. Mm-hmm. So slowly, over the course of that time, I have slowly um, integrated uh, into the, the community to the point where the Tuesday before Christmas, a month ago, almost a month ago, um, no, that's not right, uh, a, a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, so much so that a while ago, the community accepted my application to enter into the novitiate, which is okay. the next step to become a monk. Can I make my oh. hair crazy now? Like, are, that, we done? Are, are we done with the part where, that, like, people are going to see my face? Uh, well, well, I want to I record this, uh, this last part. Okay, um, I will make my hair crazy. I just wanted to know if I could, like, clip it all weird yet. Fine. I mean, you can do that now, but... I don't want people to, like, see my, like, weird hair. I'll do, I'll do it. Also, that, 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 that brings up, like, I have so much hair right now. You do uh, have so much hair. You have so much hair. I don't, I, I don't like it at all. why you were, like, wearing the orange, like, I was like, you're wearing your orange hat a lot. Yeah, And I was yeah. like, I wonder why. And then I was like, it's because you have so much hair. I don't have, yeah, I don't, I, so, and the reason why is that part of the, uh, part of the tradition when, uh, when the, you get the weird like tonsure thing, I know we talked about it once. It's not. <laughs> I don't get the full on thing because like, um, so, the 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 tradition when the abbey accepts me into the novitiate officially is, mm-hmm. a they'll give me the full habit, so I'll have uh, I'll look, uh, I'll have the full habit and have the look like uh, uh, a a monk. So it's uh, right now I just have. A black cassock which is essentially like just a big uh, black dress 
But, it, looks um, like a, it looks like a giant hoodie. It looks very um, cool. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a onesie, honestly. Yes. Um, but the, um, the, full, the full habit means that I have a, a scapular, which is like, a, like an apron that goes okay. on the front and the back of me, as well as a, a hood. Okay. Uh, so that's the full, that, put all those pieces together, that's a full habit. And okay. once the, once the, we do that, uh, that tradition, the abbot will give me uh, that, uh, the, the scapular and, and the hood. And mm -hmm. right before that, he'll, he'll snip off um, some hair from me. Why? I don't know. Nobody, nobody tells me this yet. Anyways. Nobody tells me this. And then um, uh, the, <clears throat> so the, once that happens, once the community accepts me into as a as a novitiate, once mm -hmm. I become a novice, once yeah, mm -hmm. once I become a novice, then I will go through this year long desert experience, which okay. is essentially that I will go the year without. Is that when I'm not allowed to send you spam letters? The year will be when I don't have any any internet, but I'll still be able to, to call my parents um, on Sundays. Okay. And the idea is that uh, is that it's it's a, a desert experience. It's a retreat. That's uh, that I can focus in on prayer. And at the end of that year, then that's the earliest when I can apply to take um, temporary vows. To just live the life as as a monk. Okay. Um, so yeah. Nice. So I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you this, uh, and then we'll finish up with the the official thing. Okay. Um, what's since since I am uh, your your main source of Catholicism? What this is like the the thing that that you that surprised you most about Catholicism um, in in our conversations. Oh man, you ask such fire questions. Um, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I mean, we talk about we talk about just like everything and anything. Yeah, I yeah. learned. Uh, I learned what's what all of these categories of like religious life and priesthood are at, because I, I had to figure out a way to explain it to you. Yeah, no, basically, so you're welcome um, that I have improved your, your Catholic education of yourself because you're like, eh, no. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of like, for some reason my brain is just going right now to like the breakdown I remember like walking down a street in Seattle and like you talking about like the spreadsheet because I was asking you the differences. This was before you decided if you wanted to be a monk um, between like priest and monk and like all the different distinctions. Um, I don't know. And that was, I don't know. That's just a memory that's coming to mind right now. And it's really fun. So, yeah. All right. So it's Dr. Rachel Grady. Um, uh, do we have like do we have like an at like a like a follow um, oh. anyone uh, anywhere to uh, to go um, uh, like do advocacy or something like that? Ooh, yeah, um, that is man. I've never done like a promo interview where I'm like, oh, dude, I need like a thing that like people can can do stuff. Um, yeah, if. What would, what would be like, like for me or for like the work that I do? Either, either or. Okay. If you uh, want, if you want some fire recipes of uh, Earl Grey tea and lavender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see gratuitous photos of cookies <laughs> and um, the same three parks in Massachusetts that I know about, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at uh rachel Iko, but you'll you can tag me in this right in the doobly-doo 
yeah, it'll be in the thing because I don't expect people to know how to spell Asian, so it's fine. But for for advocacy um, for and disability ad stuff? For advocacy disability things, um, you can, well, hmm, what's the best one that we want to do? Um, you can do all of them. Okay. So uh, if you want to find out what's, what the cool stuff that's been going on at U University of Illinois, where I used to work, uh, you can follow at UIUC Dres. Um, I have not yet made a tag for Fitchburg State's disability. That's why I have a pause, but I think I'm probably going to put it um, as at Fitchburg disability. So hopefully by the time I get this, then we'll have a tag for that. Um, so those are the two professional things. If you wanna learn more uh, just in general, you can uh, ooh, follow the human perspective. I'll tag that, Judy Human. Um, if you haven't watched Crip Camp on Netflix, watch Crip Camp on Netflix. Um, yeah. Sweet. I think that's the, the, that's the end of it. Yeah, you're the, you're the second person in, um, uh, in two days to, to, to make that compliment. So I appreciate that. And uh, I think that I will just, I will just gain, uh, I think my plan for um, uh, the next 20 years is to just gain internet fame yeah. by, uh, by interviewing D-list celebrities and- uh, Hey, <laughs> that's rude. I called you a celebrity. <laughs> Fair. Um... No, I was, have we talked about Hot Ones? Do you watch Hot Ones? Oh, no, no, that's what I want to do. I want to yeah. do that. Because I was like, you know how Sean Evans, who went to the University of Illinois, by the way. I did not know uh, that. Yeah, he, he did. So, hell yes. Um, he's an amazing interviewer. And yeah. like, when you asked those questions, I was like, those are like Sean Evans level questions. So yeah. Good yeah. yeah. I don't have the shtick about, uh, uh, about wings. So I'll have to figure out something about that. Yeah, what's like a, is there like a Catholicism equivalent? I don't know. I don't know, I mean, I, I could just, we could just, we, uh, we could just do, so uh, there's a, there's this theology guy, um, Matt Frad, who does uh, Pints with Aquinas. So um, uh, I could, uh, that would actually be kind of awesome if I could just, uh, if I could just actually go around and interview people over uh, so, beer, so. What I'm hearing is you wanna you wanna drunk history and hot ones mash up. That's what I've heard. In a habit. Yeah, in a habit, obviously. Right. Also, okay. when you drunk history, hot ones, um, like I need to be a recurring guest. Just, <laughs> just saying. I'm taking well, like monthly spot <laughs> we have it we have it on uh, on record now so um i have to okay all right now wait oh this one